and welcome to the Car Sim and Race Driver Show, presented by Hugh Hattrick. We have Bathurst in the course, my very special guest, basically, Rascal Rabbit, Josh Martin. It's great to have you back on the show. Drive fast and try not to crash. Hello and good evening to everyone out there who's watching tonight on the Car Sim and Race Driver Show. Well, we have a very special guest indeed tonight because we've got a real racing driver, not just someone who plays Sims and things like that, but actually someone who's been there and who's taken the checkered flag and has raced real cars. It is Luke Reed. Welcome to the show, Luke. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Very welcome indeed. So all of our viewers will be very interested to know what it's like to be a real racing driver. So I've got a few questions here to kind of start off with, and then eventually we'll get to the um, the, the viewers' comments as well. And no doubt you might have some of your family and friends watching, so be prepared for strange and crazy questions. <laughs> no doubt. Because that's what usually happens um, when we get going. Um, but the, the, the first question was, how did you get started in motorsport? Um, I mean, I've grown up around it. My um, old man, I don't know if you know, my old man has a, uh, a motorsport shop based at Brands Hatch. And ever since I can remember, he's had uh, a stand at various motorsport shows like the Autosport Show, Goodwood, Festival of Speed. Um, so I, I've been going to them since I can remember going to watch like the Wiscombe Hill Climb and and stuff like that so I've, I've always loved it formula one on every sunday watch sports car racing um and uh yeah basically we, we've always known how expensive racing is and even the uh, the go-karting level how expensive it can be um so we sort of dabbled with it on and off but never really got stuck in um and then when I was about 16, I had the option to stay on in in, uh, in school, stay on in sixth form, um, and or it was go get a job and pay to go racing, basically, pay to go go-karting. And uh, it was a bit of a no-brainer in my eyes. I didn't really care what the job was. It was like, right, let's go racing, let's get some money, and let's go. So I, I fell on my feet a little bit. I got a really good job as a designer. Um, but yeah, we just started, we went go-karting and the rest is history. But I started a little bit later than most. I mean, most drivers that you speak to, they'll say they started at the ages of like under 10 or probably. But um, I didn't really start until I was 16. So yeah, a bit of a, a late bloomer. Yeah. And what was it like, you know, coming through, you know, go-karts? Because I mean, it's really competitive. Um, I mean, did you have a, a few ups and downs in your kind of early years of driving go-karts or... Did you know that, yeah, you were really competitive from the start and you could do well? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've definitely had a few downs, but um, that's just part and parcel of it. I mean, the, the ups you get more than make for having some lows. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the karting's always been competitive. It, it still is now. I was lucky enough to race against some some uh, good names back in the day. I mean, we didn't go straight in and start doing owner-driver. Uh, we actually started hire karting just because it was a little bit cheaper and you sort of, you can dabble at it and see if you're any good before you start spending the big bucks. Um, but yeah, so we started hire karting, done about a year in that and then sort of realized, oh, there might be something here. Um, and then, yeah, we uh, start, we bought a go-kart and then started doing a bit of owner driver, at, uh, local go-kart tracks. Um, and yeah, sort of progressed through, through from that, done, done it on and off for a, a couple of years. Ah, fantastic. And uh, so I would say, what's your, your best moment so far in your motorsport career? What's been the, the biggest high that you've had from racing? Uh, I mean, it's easy to say a win, definitely. But I mean, a lot. we've met a lot of great people on the way and we've got a, a, a great little motorsport family. Hope some of you are watching. But um, yeah, they come to every race. They support me and just like, there's no real standout moment. The whole thing has just been a, a massive journey and the memories I've made and the people I've met, it, it'll be something I'll never forget, no matter what time I knock it on the head. 
That's fantastic. And uh, did you start your, your first kind of car racing career? Was it in the minis? Was that kind of your first from like, yeah, remote? yeah. So when we were we were on and off karting, I, <clears throat> I think it was uh, 2013, 2014, and um, one or uh, we were actually working for a. So my old man had a stall in um, the Masters, which is like a historic uh, Formula One. And they sort of go around Europe and we had a stand in there. We're selling merchandise and stuff like that. And we got quite friendly with a couple of the teams. And one of the guys sort of said, look, I'm going to run a mini in the mini challenge championship, which is when it was first starting back in 2015. Um, and we'll do you a deal. Do you want to come and do it? And we sort of crunched the numbers together, spoke to a few people and it all fell into place. But yeah, we, we've done that uh, for, for two years to start. And yeah, it was incredible. It was, absolutely awesome getting behind the wheel of one of those mini challenge cars yeah so what was it like from going from go-karts to then jumping into a mini because i mean it's a very fast racing car um and very very competitive field um what was it the, the feelings that go through your head when you're out there on the grid and thinking that you know the grid is clearing and the lights are coming up and uh, you know what, what was the difference between doing that <laughs> and like, karting i know it seems i'm sure it will be a big difference but what did it what was the, your kind of memorable moments from that yeah, no, I, well, I I remember turning up to the first race weekend and I, we hardly tested the car at all. And I was I was confident in my head. I was like, oh, we, we're going to do all right here. I, I wasn't thinking of going out and winning, but I thought I'd be there or thereabouts. And then when I actually got onto the circuit, I was like, these boys are quick. Um, and then you sort of realise the preparation and, and the work you've got to put in behind the scenes to test and just to be as as ready as you can be to, to go racing. But... Um, as I said, yeah, we, we, we were we were sort of on it from the word go, but there was a lot of reliability issues in the first year of the Mini. There was like, I remember one race in, at Brands, um, the Grand Prix circuit at Brands, we were sort of going along, we were moving up the grid, we got into about fifth position, I was getting into the rhythm and the gear stick came off in my hand. <laughs> so, oh, no. here we go. But the year was kind of like that. Um, and again, at the time, <laughs> I wasn't laughing about it, but well, I can definitely look back and laugh now. Yeah, goodness me. I mean, I was watching that mini race that you had at Donington, um, and it was just like you could see the amount of pressure the gearbox goes under. Um, yeah. That kind of gearbox, and if you know, nothing's worse than you're going to have reliability problems in it, you kind of hope that things will keep going um, and uh, and kind of uh, help you go up up the field. That, uh, but well, I'll go to one of our first questions um, because uh, it's one from one of my, my co-hosts, Andrew Marr, who's watching. And he says, what is the longest series of corners that you've been side by side fighting for a place in the Janetta Super Cup? Oh, God. Um, so this is so 2021 is going to be my first full season of the Super Cup. And we were lucky enough to enter the last two rounds last year. Um, and so we raced at Snetterton and Brands. And I, I vaguely remember at Snetterton, I wasn't really expecting to be in the forefront. because It was our first race. We hadn't tested the car. It was like this just go racing and see where we come and we we actually done all right and i had a side-by-side -side battle with one of the guys who's racing the championship for years i don't don't know if you know the name colin white but he's done it for a long time and i remember doing half the laps side by side with him we're hitting wind mirrors <laughs> keep away from my car please <laughs> but um yeah no, it is quite thrilling because you sit so low in the car as well and there's, you don't really see a great deal so a lot of it's a You've driven the track so many times, you know where to put the car, but you don't know where the other driver is. So there's a few wing mirror bangs, but nothing worse than that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, as you say, the cars are incredibly lively and the championship is, is great fun to watch. Um, do you think now when you start your first kind of full year um, doing the Super Cup, are you quite optimistic that you can be right up there and uh, and maybe get some, some uh, go for the, the top positions? Yeah, so the the way we've we've raced before is um, we've always so me and my old man especially we've always got our eyes on the top championship. We all we want to be winning in whatever's the best championship, and we sort of launch ourselves into these championships like the mini challenge and the Clio Cup and stuff like that without really knowing what we're doing and we haven't been as prepared um in previous seasons and we've sort of done it on a bit of a budget like half the budget of what other people would do whereas this year we've partnered up with uh billy ruffian racing and yeah. um 
yeah, we're we're really we're very prepared, and I'm looking forward to it because we can do a good amount of testing. We can have the right amount of tyres, and yeah, I'm just I'm I'm optimistic for this year. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, that's fantastic! Now I'll go to some of the questions uh, from some of the people who are watching tonight and and are asking in the chat. We've got Jake Toombs uh, who says, "Do you have a following of people who come to watch you race? If so, who is your favourite?" That may be a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely not Jake Toombs. <laughs> um, no, he he's one of the the boys that's come. He's been there since day dot. Um, him and one of my best mates, Tom, as well. They've sort of come to everything since even from the go karting level. Um, and unfortunately, they're watching now. I didn't think they would be, but they are. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we've got a, a great little entourage that comes down from from mum and dad, brothers, um, so other other various family members and friends. And yeah, we have a a good laugh on the race weekends as well which is is not what it's all about it's all about performing on circuit but it's definitely a good second yeah i think it's great having your friends about though isn't it because they can either cheer you up if you've had a tough run um or celebrate with you um yeah a hundred percent it's quite 100%, nice yeah yeah no definitely oh, that's the thing and jake has also got another question saying can oh, has he? the racing thing <laughs> Buffalo girls go round the outside. He's always wondering. What... <laughs> I don't know. It's a it's an old saying that um, we've been saying against it because because the boys they we go go karting quite a lot together, and someone might pull an outrageous move, and that that gets said after. And to be fair, there's not really any meaning. He's been asking me what it means for years, and I still I don't know, Jake. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That, uh, that's the thing. At least as long, as long as you can laugh off the crazy move, um, that's the main thing, isn't it? Um, that uh, nobody gets too too angry. That, um, now we've got another question from Andrew Mar. He says, um, "Have you ever met people like Nigel Mansell or Murray Walker or people like that?" Um, I've I've definitely met some uh, fantastic drivers in my time. I haven't uh, met Nigel Mansell or Murray Walker per se, but um, I remember. When I was young, very young, I, don't, I can't remember what age, but my old man took me to the F1 testing at Silverstone when that was a thing back when we had Mika Hacken in the McLaren, David Coulthard in the so early 2000s, late 90s. Um, and I was all dressed up in a, in a little Ferrari outfit and we were sort of going up and down the paddock to see if we could get any autographs. And most, most of the teams didn't really oblige to be fair mclaren let us in and let me sit in a car which was pretty special but i still remember bumping into alex zanardi when he was in the williams and actually he was a, like such a nice lad because most of the drivers are sort of tucked away they keep themselves to the to themselves yeah. um but he actually came out sat down with me had a chat with to my old man and i was a bit in awe just sort of sitting there thinking he's a formula one driver but uh, yeah we've just throughout the years bumped into a few various people at the circuits but i don't really want to go and chew their ear off because i'm sure they get that from enough <laughs> other people <laughs> it is amazing that's a great thing though about going to motor racing and i'm sure from being in goodwood um if your, your father has, has his business there you'll meet you meet amazing amounts of people that come along and um, that just to turn up I remember when I went there uh, one year and uh, Nico Rosberg was there and he just literally walked past um, and it was incredible. You know, we were like, are you sure we just saw Nico, Ros Nico Rosberg? Um, it, was, uh, it was incredible, actually, um, the people that you meet at, play at uh, things like that. So you must have had some fantastic kind of um, uh, experiences because obviously with your father's business um, at all the big races, um, it, it must have been quite good to, to... Did you ever find that anyone that, that uh, you know came along to see you have a look at your shop that you think, oh my goodness, is he going to buy some merchandise? And yeah. Are, uh, feel <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll have to get him on on this as well. He'll put, poke his head in and say, "Oh, I met so and so." But um, when obviously he does, we don't really do the the shows so much now because he's got more of a stable shop at Brands. But back in the day, I, I would sort of put my hand up to say, oh, "I'll I'll come and help too." Whereas deep down. I knew I was just going to sneak off and go and watch the cars or go and see the drivers. I still remember going to Le Mans in the early 2000s and stuff where I was only a kid and he had to stand there and I'd, just, I'd sneak off and just go and watch because 
obviously a 24 hour race you can sneak off at any point and go and see see the racing um but yeah he's he's had various names popping in and out of the shop to buy merchandise that's fantastic and what what kind of stuff is it that he sells as well to give our viewers an idea of what they can buy uh so it's it's a bit of a a bit of everything really motorsport wise so if you're a driver he can do crash helmets race suits all, all that kind of stuff and then he does all of the merchandise side of things as well so um from anything from race prints to originals to memorabilia like mini champs models and you can get a replica crash helmet and you'll have to oh, pop in wow. next time you're down brands hatch yeah it's on the other i'm in the northeast of england now but i do come down every so often to come down to silverstone and other places and heading further afield into goodwood so yeah no, that would be amazing um, to come it, um now we've got some great questions here from sam luke's he says what do you prefer front wheel drive or rear wheel drive and why <laughs> um S sam's a fan that keeps stalking me and i can't i can't get, i can't get rid of him <laughs> <laughs> but he um i i'd say i prefer rear wheel drive from just basically going back to the basics of go-karting so back in back in the carts obviously they're all rear wheel drive so you sort of get used to that and then when i jumped into a front wheel drive i found it so odd like just like a a silly little thing so if you've got it all bit crossed up in the corner you'd sort of your natural instinct is to back off um and take your foot off the gas but re in reality you've got to go flat out and try and get the front wheels to pull you out of the spin and that took me a little while to getting heat in the rears of the car is the most important thing because once you've got heat in the rears you've got so much more confidence in the car but i would say i prefer rear wheel drive because you can sort of in the corner in a rear wheel drive if there's enough power you can really get the car moving about with the throttle and i find like i've got a little bit more play with it yeah yeah now that's fantastic but um and another um, good question uh from kevin murphy is who is your racing hero <laughs> it's, it's you kevin um <laughs> no um i mean i really got into formula one when uh lewis started racing um so I've, I've always watched it on and off but i started watching it a bit more religiously from then and i know he's got his critics but i still think he's amazing in the car so i definitely have to say him yeah yeah lewis i always remember that first race he did um at fuji and i think it was 2007 in the wet um and uh, it was the most you know it was horrendous conditions and he basically said he, he was listening to, to where to where the breaking points were because you couldn't really hear or you couldn't really see anything um mm -hmm. and so he would listen out to when people were slowing down um and that was the most incredible race um and, he, and of course he won that uh, hands down which was 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 something else but yeah no i mean he's he's done incredibly well on track and uh, it is it is great to uh, to see him race and who knows what will happen over this weekend if he'll get another win yeah or what you'll have but uh but yeah no it's it's it is quite some driver that um so what i, I think obviously you've, you've seen quite a few grand prix what's been your most memorable race that you've actually watched uh well, grand prix wise i mean the hamilton rosberg bahrain race in 2014 was pretty epic um it's just uh, I could, a lot of the formula one gets criticized for being very boring whereas i've got a bit more of a sympathetic for it where I, I sort of appreciate how quick they're at what they're actually doing is pretty incredible but i mean i'm still one that i love seeing a good race uh and that was pretty good obviously a fight for the lead you see scraps for some of the lower down places but when it's one for the lead it sort of has you on the edge of your seat for the old time yeah yeah no that's the thing isn't it i always remember watching monaco in 1992 that shows you how old i am um but yeah. uh, that was the first thing senna and mansell battle and it was just incredible um, I was a big Senna fan, but the only Grand Prix I've ever watched live um, was in, at Donington uh, in 1993, where Senna won it. Um, oh, and that was an incredible experience. I was this, this, this was my 18th birthday, um, and I went there and watched the whole thing with my friends, and oh, it was just a fantastic race. That, and, was that uh, the one with the opening lap where yeah, he went from yeah. that seventh to first? Yeah, yeah. that's pretty oh, epic. That's really good. Absolutely amazing. And the noise, and you saw everything. You know, nowadays they're all kind of covered with the big side pods and everything there you could actually when they changed gear you could see the heads and the neck move you know it was something else you could see their arms working 
and all that kind of stuff. It was just just astonishing. Um, but we saw where we were. We were at the old Donington Loop at the back of the circuit. Um, yeah, the, yeah. And that and Schumacher went straight off into the gravel, just a few about hundred yards in front of us. Um, so it was quite exciting seeing all these drivers kind of round and about. Um, and, uh, oh, it was just just the most incredible experience. But um, so, what would you say? So you're you know you're, you're going to be in the in, in, you're in the GT4 Super Cup this year. And um, what would be your your kind of goals and objectives over the next few years? Do you have a particular target in sight that you would like to get to? Uh, I mean, uh, again, you you probably spoke to a lot of drivers where their sort of their mindset is, I want to race in Formula One, um, which again, you can't knock anyone for for trying it. But I mean, ever since I went to that first Le Mans race back in 05, it was that was where I was like, I definitely want to do this. That's yeah. my b- bucket list race. So now we're stepping into the GT. Um, side of racing rather than the front wheel drive um side i'm sort of that's what i'd love to be able to do if if i could and we're just we're working hard to get there and this is sort of the first step on that ladder mm-hmm. and it's interesting because that's what when i spoke to david perel um a few months back and um, that was always his first thing that he wanted to save it's going to go was to race at le mans um and now he's going to do so um which is which is quite a thing so he's quite excited Excellent. about that um, but uh, you know, I mean, it's an, it's an amazing race. Um, the whole Amor series, but when you see it live over that twenty-four hour period, it's 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 an epic thing. Think you have to be so. It's almost like a marathon for drivers, yeah. isn't it? You have to be so fit and ready and able to to cope with the, the, the not just during the day, but at night time. And also, if you get mad, you know, rain at night must be horrendous in those kind of cars. Yeah, and you can hardly see. I always say when when you watch it on board, you think. Well, those lights, I mean, I know they must be powerful in real life, but when you watch it on telly, you think they can hardly barely see where the apexes are or where the next corner is, isn't it? You know, it's kind of <laughs> quite a challenge. Um, but uh, we've got another good question from Andrew Marr. Um, and he was saying, apart from your teammate, who should be watching out for in the Janetta season? Um, I mean, again, I, I'm not so clued up on who's who's who at the moment because I'm, I'm so new to it. But I mean... From doing the last two races last year, the the guys in it they're incredibly quick, um, as you'd expect. Obviously, people racing at that level, um, and I'm I'm sure that usually in in race series you sort of get a standout three four drivers, maybe slightly more, that are sort of one step ahead of the rest of the field, and then you have a little meet or you have like a bit of a mid pack, and then you have your your tail enders. So, I'm hoping to be in that top uh the t- sort of top five six drivers uh to start with and then by mid-season be regularly on the podium that's that's the goal what we're working towards and this year i mean i because they've pushed it back due to covid um so in the hope that they can get uh fans in so i think from round one they're allowing four thousand spectators into snetterton which is the 12th and 13th of july and then I think Brands Hatch is two weeks after that, and hopefully they can have more people there. Um, but yeah, I'm just we, we've teamed up with uh, last year's championship winning team, Rob Boston Racing, and working with them guys, they they know their stuff. And yeah, I can't. And obviously Billy Ruffian, Billy Ruffian shoes. Without them, I wouldn't be on the grid. So a massive, massive thank you to them. That's fantastic. Uh, one of the questions I had was, I mean. Um, it, it, it always seems to be the big question is funding and the difficulty of getting that, especially in times like we have here with COVID. How, how did you find managing to get that? Was it really a matter of having to look to lots of different people and trying to go through all your connections? How, how difficult was it to get funding uh, for racing? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's incredible, really, the amount of emails I've sent since I started to go racing to anyone and everyone. And you sort of, you pick up on your the niches you can offer um because in my eyes it's a it's a partnership you know people i I, it's not nice i don't want it to be seen as someone sponsoring me and then i'm just going and having a jolly racing it's a it's a partnership and i try and give back to the sponsor as much as they're giving to me so Mm. obviously that's hospitality at every race and uh we they can do hot laps in the car with me at the end of the year um and we've like as much stuff as I can offer them with advertisement in the press, uh, social media is obviously massive nowadays. That's what everyone wants you to advertise on. So 
um, yeah, it, it's really just offering a good deal back. And out of the 10 million emails I've ever sent, I might have only had five five replies. Um, I mean, I even prefer someone replying saying no than yes is still good, um, just so you can establish a connection with them. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard work. I mean, I like hats off to every driver that's on the grid that's that's done it because it's incredibly hard and I, I feel very privileged that I'm I can actually do something I love doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's no that's fantastic. And it's good to know and well done and being able to to make it because it is Thank incredibly you. tough out there, especially in these times so to get it done. And I'm sure you're a very good deal and a very good prospect for any sponsor out there that wants to come into to racing and and, uh, and see a good return uh, on their investment. That, I hope uh, so. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. That to be able to do the, the racing like this, you have got to be very, very good. So no, I'm sure. I'm sure that's exactly what you are. But um, a question about your your car, the, those Genetics. Um, they look really snappy and, and kind of wild to drive. Um, are they really like that when you're actually driving it? Um, or are they kind of neutral? Or is, is, does it feel like it, they, you know you can control them fairly easily? Yeah. So I mean, there's we've we've pretty much every car even drive has similarities in terms of like I, I i'm a firm believer anyone can get in a car and, and drive it quickly and the more practice you get the, the quicker you'll get and you can sort of drive it comfortably nothing really happening the car's quite planted under you but that like i said in in the championship most championships you'll have a runaway four or five drivers and they'll be pushing that car beyond the limit of what the others are so the car will be moving around a lot more in the corners so yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice car to drive, but when you do really push it, the back stepping out and you're fighting the steering, like obviously it's all in a smooth fashion. You don't sideways isn't fast, but you really you can feel the car moving under you in the corner, and if you if you're not you're not pushing hard enough. <laughs> oh, that's that's quite a thing because I've seen quite a few of the videos of the Geneta Cup, and it is it is wild. I mean, it, it, you can really feel that everything's just bouncing about and. And you kind of think, my goodness, especially in places like Thruxton, we've got those long corners. And you think, my goodness, if you get the bump wrong with that, it could really kind of snap away. Yeah. Um, and that would be it. You're off into the fields before they find you, isn't it? So that's kind yeah. of the thing. What's, what's your favourite track out there on the on the calendar? Well, it's funny you mentioned Thruxton. We were we were, we tested there last week. And, oh, boy, it is so fast, especially in it. I've never driven. The Jeanette is the fastest car. I've been in, and it was a real eye-opener going around. I absolutely, it was like a roller coaster. It was so good. I was sort of, I was jeering myself up before I went, because I was like, I need to be quick from lap two. Uh, yeah. So I, I went out and tried to go flat out straight away, dipped a wheel in the grass, and I was like, oh, this is going to be an airplane crash. But it was it was, <laughs> it was, was all right. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I've got to say, Truxton, when you nail a lap there, you you, it's an uh, edgier seat, and it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, do you have those moments when you think, "Oh goodness me, it's a bit nerve right Or you know, you, I suppose you think, "I got away with that one," um, but uh, but you know, or is it, I suppose there are so many things happening, you're just going to keep focused um, on your next or the next corner and so on. Um, or do you do you find that it's you think about it afterwards? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's more of a at the time that happens and you're you're going 150, just say, and then you've got no time to sort of sit there and go, oh, cool, that was close because you're already in the next corner. So you've got, you've got to brush it off and then crack on, really. Um, and then after, you can check your trousers and make sure they're not brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Now, we've got a rather nice question here from Thomas Scrivener. He says, does Luke remember <laughs> signing my son's teddy bear when I went to watch him at Donington? That was awesome. Does, <laughs> does he, do, did he say? What was the question, he must have signed his son's teddy bear when he went to watch you at Donington. Um, so when... <laughs> really? I mean, I know I know Tom well, and I know for a fact he hasn't got a son in this, so I don't remember that race weekend. Um, oh, well. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> They're winding up good and proper. That's the... <laughs> what, what, what he actually means was his teddy bear, not his son's. <laughs> ah, right. Oh, that's right. It's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've made his day, that's for sure. Oh, like, good. Um, yeah, I'm glad. That's the thing. And so, what would be if you could choose a race that you would like to go and see in the future, perhaps like a Grand Prix? What what would it be? Um, I mean, I've been lucky enough to to go to Silverstone on and off over the last few years. Um, uh, 
I'd love to go, I'd probably say Monza, uh, put a Ferrari top on and just go and crack on with all the Italians and just have a great weekend down there. Um, but I mean, Monaco would be epic, but I don't think I could afford to go to Monaco. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say Italy, go to Monza. Yeah, it's incredible when they have the big Ferrari flags out at the end. If the Ferraris do well, isn't it? And everyone who comes onto the track um, for the podium and stuff, it's just incredible. And, yeah, uh, it does does look um, amazing. But uh, now, for uh, obviously we do a lot of sim racing on 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 the channel here. Uh, have you ever had a go at sim racing? Is it something do you have a little sim rig packed away somewhere in the background? To have a go? Um, I mean, I've I've dabbled. Don't get me wrong. I mean. Back at uh, my parents' house, we have got like a race seat and a, and uh, steering wheel and pedals for the PlayStation, um, which will regularly play. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare to say I'm a sim racer of any sorts because I know that you and the sim racers are madly quick. And if I ever challenged anyone, I think they'd leave me for <laughs> leave me for dust. But I, I like the idea of it. And if if I had the room, I definitely would invest in having the kit because I think it's it's a great step into racing. So, I mean, this year I haven't been to Knock Hill. Uh, I've never raced there, never been there. And it would be great if I had a sim rig, I could sit there and just pound round all day um, yeah. just to ingrain what the circuit's like in my head. I know it's not exactly the same, but there's definitely traits you yeah. can take from one and apply in the other. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I've dabbled, but no, I, I wouldn't say I'm a sim racer <laughs> of any sort. No, that's I mean that's the great thing about about the, the PlayStation and things like that is that you can just buy the stuff and have a go and and uh, when you want to. I know people like David Perel, um, he was the first person that I interviewed that said actually that, that it was almost as good as, as go karting. Um, he says if you want to actually learn a circuit and it's like what you've been saying, um, is uh, going on the simways playing like GT Sport was a fantastic way of of getting yourself into the conditions. And he's he's learned a lot of tracks as well um, from using GT Sport and a set of Corsa. Um, so yeah, no, he's found it. He's found it pretty good. So where can we catch you? So you, you mentioned Knock Hill, um, which is in my old old country of Scotland, where I just moved away from. Um, yeah. So you got there once a year, and you're saying you've never driven it before. Um, what what would be your kind of? Are you kind of looking forward to that circuit? It's kind of crazy. It's very very short, um, but lots of um, up and inclines and declines. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I, yeah, I can't. I've only heard good things. Um, not so much about the weather. I haven't heard good yeah, things about the weather. Um, I yeah, I can't wait. It's so nice to go to to a new circuit. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't wait to go. I mean, there's uh, a Croft. I've only been to once again with Thruxton. I say it's my favourite circuit. I've only been there once. I just loved it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to going to Knock Hill. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm guessing you'll need snow boots in the morning and suntan lotion in the afternoon. Is that, any, is that any time of year? Is it <laughs> any time of year? That's in August. Oh, wow. I was there August, a bit ago for the touring cars, and literally it was boiling in the morning, absolutely frying in the morning. Um, and it went down to about three degrees uh, in the afternoon, and it was absolutely freezing. Um, and then, of course, you get rain and all sorts, so as well. So it can be quite, it's, it's quite good. It's right up in the hills, um, so it is, it's great fun. But it's some weeks with some really, really good uh, races, and that it's uh, always very exciting. I bet, I bet, yeah. That uh, now we've got a good question from Kevin Murphy. He says, "Do you remember throwing my cart off the track at Rye House?" <laughs> wow, this is um, this is a dig. Have a dig at Luke days. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I do remember that, Kevin. It's not something that I shout about often, but yeah, it was. I think my first go in a go kart, and I gave it the big, and that I was gonna be the big I am, and I think I threw it off into a bog at Rye House. <laughs> And it was very, very muddy. <laughs> thanks, thanks for reminding me, Kev. <laughs> don't worry, you have the option of saying no comment if you don't want to answer it. Right. <laughs> yeah, no comment. I've already answered that. <laughs> no, that's great. And uh, Thomas Scrivener has said, "Do you have a favourite corner, and if so, on which track?" Uh, oh, that's quite tame for Tom, really. Um, uh, favourite corner. I mean, it, it gets very different. I remember really struggling with Paddock Hill Bend at Brand Hatch in the in the mini. Uh, but as soon as I got in the in the Janetta, everything maybe just because I'm so used to driving it front wheel drive and it, it getting a bit leery, whereas it was so much more settled in the Janetta. Um, 
Paddock Hill is pretty immense. I mean, I've I've never driven abroad. Uh, I'd love to go to Spa and actually race at a circuit like Spa or go to the Nürburgring. Uh, it just looks epic. The circuits look awesome. Um, so I'd love to do that. But favourite in the UK, I mean, Paddock Hill is pretty, pretty mega. Yeah, yeah. And it's so off. Well, the corners that Brands are actually quite off camber here and there, aren't they? It's quite it's a real challenge. As you, I know yeah. it's, like games, it, it, it's, it's, it's a tough one in lots of different cars. So I imagine in real life, it must be even more kind of crazy uh, and scary if you're not used to that kind of thing. But uh, obviously you are. Uh, but for something like myself, it's uh, insane. Um, to kind of do it uh, in real in real life, um, but uh, but no, that's that's fantastic. Now, in terms of real life cars, um, do you have a kind of favourite car that you're kind of aspiring towards? Uh, I mean, I if I was going classic car, so my my grandfather uh, raced and my old man dabbled, and they used to race in the Aston Martin Owners Club back in the day. So he had a an Aston DB4, and I remember he used to sit on the drive. So when I'd come home from school, when I was yeah. in year one, year two, there was this bright yellow Aston Man. I didn't really know wow. the the sort of value and how cool that actually was. Um, so I'd love to have one of them now. I think that I know the DB5 is the iconic Aston, but I'd probably still go DB4. I know it's, it's not quite as valuable, but I'd still absolutely love that as a classic. Um, and modern car, I mean, give me anything i love a porsche porsche 911 would be great um gtr yeah anything i mean fast ford ka who, who doesn't love a ford ka <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's things you can still drive it quickly isn't it that's the thing yeah. that, that nicely goes on to our next question from jake toombs he says do you drive your car on the road like you do on the track uh i mean i probably used to when when i mean jacob probably know because he was with, he was with me um in fact he actually crashed my car for me my old voxel corsa but um i don't i don't I, I sort of i look forward to doing it on the circuit so i do it on the do it on the roads i don't do it on the roads very responsible answer that's all right yes and were you a bit of a boy racer though when you first started driving you know, when you got your tests um uh, yeah, I, I, th I think we all were. I mean, me uh, and lucky enough, my friends were all mad into racing. So even if I wasn't racing, the three of us, uh, me, Jake and Tom, would probably still go to Brands Hatch anyway and just, just to go and watch. Um, and yeah, we'd all, we we could all get in one car, but we'd all decide to go in our own and just go there as quick as we could, obviously under 70. So. <laughs> yeah, we'd, we used to absolutely love it. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. I always remember there was great stories of, um, I think it was John Alesi and Gerhard Berger when they drove for Ferrari. And if they'd had a really bad day at the track, um, they would decide just to leave early. And of course, they all had company cars, which are the latest Ferrari. And they would go, you know, do incredible mileage all in the south of France or whatever it might be, literally in a couple of hours. And you think, good gracious, I would not have wanted to be a passenger in that yeah. car. Because you, know, you can imagine the kind of fuming that they'd be like inside. Um, as if they had had a frustrating day. Um, but what's but in, in terms of that, what's been your probably your most frustrating moment um, in racing cars so far? Uh, I've had a few. Um, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the, sometimes you come so close to a good result, and then when it's snatched away from you last minute, it, it can be heartbreaking. I mean, I won't lie, I've definitely cried at the circuit a few times, but. Um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Stand out hard moment. I'm sure the boys are going to start commenting some of them in because I can't remember them all. But I remember being on the grid at Brands Hatch and we had a really strong first race and we were sort of in the top top five maybe. Um, and I was sort of, I was so confident we were going to have a good second race and then potentially be on the podium, have a win. In the, and then on the grid, as we started the warm up lap, I think the um, clutch exploded or something like that. And I was just the, or something failed. And I just remember getting pushed back into the garage and just like head down. And, yeah. but yeah, those, those moments make you, they sort of push you on to, you either give up then or you never give up and you sort of pick yourself up and crack on really yeah that's the thing and how how has your kind of family reacted to you now racing uh, full-time and winning these big championships do you find that you do get 
a lot of support and they're quite happy or are these are your parents slightly nervous of you racing uh i mean yeah i mean don't be wrong they've been great they've always been super supportive um uh yeah i mean i don't think my dad has ever watched the start of a race uh if you ever uh, at a race circuit he'll be the one with a half empty coffee not because he's dropped it it's because he can't, can't keep his hands still um yeah so yeah mum and dad and family brothers all, they all come down and they're super supportive uh i mean my both my brothers have dabbled in racing and me and my middle brother chris are gonna race a ka as well as the janetta this year in the endurance championship with sam lukes and john white um so yeah i can't wait to because it doesn't it doesn't matter what car it is it could be a ka or a janetta you still if you drive it flat out you're gonna have fun oh yeah absolutely isn't it that's the thing but um so what kind of things do you like to do when you're not racing them when you kind of as you in your in your calm moments or to take out your frustrations do you have a, a particular <laughs> type of sport or hobby that you like to do um i mean there's that famous uh steve mcqueen line isn't it racing's life and everything else is is waiting to do that and it is very much that um i mean if i'm not racing it's getting prepared to go um again a lot of a lot of for my previous racing i would say i've almost taken it for granted you know in the way where I, I just wasn't prepared in the way i am this year so this year we i've left no stone unturned so if i'm not at the circuit testing i'm on the phone to the team asked quizzing them on stuff and trying to make the car better or just learn the circuit so but uh aside from that um i'm generally quite busy with work and I, I like to make the time to try and see my friends obviously now we're out of lockdown we can we can do that mm -hmm. oh, that's, that's no, there's no real hobbies or anything else that i do no that's that's fine no it's good to know and we've got a, a question here from thomas again what is the janetta like in the wet um yeah i mean the first time i went out so the first time we tested the car was at silverstone in the wet and it, it yeah i didn't expect it to be as good as it was it was just so grippy that the wet tires the michelins it's on it's just so much more grip than i'm used to i've ever driven anything uh, so obviously the janet has got a certain amount of mechanical grip but the michelins when you put them on i'd sort of you a corner you think you'd be heavily braking for you're almost flat out into so it's, it's a little bit daunting at first but as soon as you realize how much grip there is there you realize mm. it's actually i mean when the tires go off it's a different story and you're sideways everywhere but when you've got fresh boots on it is mad how grippy they actually can be yeah and do you find your tires last quite well in a race um or, or can they go off quite easily or, or even you know three quarters of the way through do, do you notice a very big difference quite quickly yeah i mean um i i haven't had enough time in the janetta to to know but again from the the time i've been in you, they, you have an optimum couple of laps where the tires are at their best and then they just every lap you you lose a bit of performance um and yeah it's exactly the same with the wets when you have a fresh wet on they might be a second quicker than an old set of wets depending on what circuit you're at i mean a, a track like thruxton uh, a brand new set of slicks you, you'll be going around in a just say a 113 114 on an old set of slicks that have been used for 20 minutes more there's probably about a three to four second a lap drop off so it's it's massive really yeah but yeah. that's just structure and it's very quick circuit so a circuit like brands it wouldn't be as much of a drop off mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now that's quite a thing now we have another quick quote from jake Toons, who is reminding you of the things that went wrong He's saying putting in putting it in the gravel at Silverstone when you were running third in the wet is a moment that he remembers. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I've mentally <laughs> built that one out. So I mean... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, that 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 was probably one of the worst ones. And again, that was the first year of the mini challenge, um, and we it was the first time we'd ever been in the wet. I don't think we'd even tested the car in the wet, and we I don't know where we qualified, but we I think we qualified tenth maybe in the in the dry and we had a, a reasonably good start and i was sort of going i'm overtaking cars now i'm one by one i'm like okay we're now in third i can see the leader i'm like in my head i'm like i'm gonna win this race i'm definitely gonna win this race uh and then as i turned into turn one it just no, nothing happened and i think the clutch had exploded and oh, i conveniently parked up where 
my where Jake and Tom and my dad were standing and they were uh, calling me uh, over but I was just like I just can't I can't face it right now but yeah that was the car broke down a lot in year one yeah oh that's the thing but uh now on a, on a more positive note um, for all us kind of sim racers and fans out there um, of motorsports, um, do you have top tips for budding racing drivers? What would be your, your five kind of top tips if you want to be a racing driver? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say n- number one is, is, is so it can be so easy to, to give up at any point, whether it's down to funding or running out of talent on there. But I'd say the number the biggest one is just don't give up. If you want, if you seriously want to do it, You've just got to keep pushing on, trying to find back in, trying to improve yourself at the race circuit. And if you can't, if you're not improving, why not? And then there's always a reason. Um, I mean, everyone's relatively the same. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, it's just don't don't give up if you want to do something like if you want to race, crack on. Um, I mean that's that's sort of everything in in a nutshell, really. Uh, yeah. I, no, can't, no, I can't really say more. I mean, I suppose as well, your fitness has to be very good, isn't it? You've got to be training all the time to be at your peak. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Of- I mean, if you can make yourself as as advertisable as possible, if that makes sense. So if you can present yourself, so you're in you're in fit, you're in fit form, um, you're more likely to get back in as well because it's like i said because i can't test all the time on the off days i'll be out running i'll be doing weights just to get myself as physically in shape as possible i'd like to be as in shape as possible to jump in the next category up whether that be a porsche or some other gt car um Mm -hmm. so it's just being aware of okay so an opportunity comes up to drive something are you ready to do it because i never want to turn down an opportunity whatever that may be Mm -hmm. What, what would be your, I know we talked about Le Mans earlier, but if there could be any kind of, you know, if somebody said you would like to drive this, like a, a, a one of the XF1 cars, would you ever would you ever fancy having a go in something like that? Oh, God, yeah, that'd be amazing. From like yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd or... bite someone's hand off if they, they sort of dangled the keys for a Formula 1 <laughs> car in front. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't matter what car it is. I mean, we, we went around with the... Um, working in the Masters historic, and we so we went round to a lot of the historic Grand Prix where they run sort of the pre uh, or pre eighties Formula One cars. So you see the old James Hunt car and stuff like that. And it's just the sound and the noise. It was amazing. So I mean, even to I know by today's standards they're nowhere near as quick, but I still think that'd be amazing to get in, uh, in a, an old Formula One car. Yeah, it's just yeah. so mechanical. There's no electronics really. I just think that I'd rather do that than jump in a brand new car where you need to be a computer with it to drive it as well. Uh, to make it all come about, I used to love Mansell's car in '92 because it was all oh, it was like semi-automatic boxes and active suspension and all sorts of things that it could. It seemed like an amazing car, and that V10 Renault engine was amazing to, yeah. to listen. They sounded good, didn't they? Oh, they were good. I love that about Goodwood um, when you when they have the Formula One cars, and we once. We were right behind the hedgerow as all the, the V8 cars started. They had the Red Bull, the Toro Rosso, uh, the Ferrari, um, and uh, what was there was another one. I think it was like a, was a Manor or one of the other one of the other companies, other F1 teams were there. And one by one, they started them up, um, and it was just that those V8 sounds were just oh incredible. Um, but we used yeah. to go to testing as well at Jerez um, over in, in Spain because um, you get in for like ten euros, and we did it in 2008. And we saw the first car we saw was Hamilton. Coming around in the McLaren, um, and that was it. Oh, it was brilliant, and we saw um, the practice pit stops and things like that. And yeah, you know, it, the, that kind of F1 was amazing. I think this year, I mean, the cars are a bit louder than they used to be. Like, for someone like myself, it was an older F1 fan. We kind of miss the V8s and the V10s because they had those incredible sounds. But then we're kind of getting used to the hybrids in some way. We just wish they were a bit more, a bit more yeah. racing. More I mean, the, the sound's such a big part of it, isn't it? Really, like when you turn up to a circuit, you hear the cars and they're so loud. I mean, I, that's part of it that I miss from today's Formula One. Um, but that's what I mean. There's there's so much other racing out there. Like you can go and watch the historics, and you can relive that sound. Like you said, you can go to Goodwood and see it. So it's definitely not lost. It's just a shame it's not in the top level of racing. Yeah. Well, they're saying they might they might use three cylinder engines. In the next batch of F1 updates, and if they do that, that could be quite interesting because they can rev a lot higher. 
Um, and that could be, we might get some proper noise again. Um, from I hope so. That. I hope so. That would be fantastic. Well, I appreciate you've been on for nearly 50 minutes. Just coming up 50 minutes on the show, which is very, very kind. I know you've had a very busy week racing and all your all your practicing and all these kind of things that you've been um, up to. But just for the viewers who are watching today, if you like lots of interviews like you've seen tonight, we've got a big back catalogue on the Car Simon Race Driver Show and on this channel, the Hugh Hattrick channel. And it would be fantastic if you were able to subscribe as well or give us a like. Um, that would be amazing. And if you're watching from our side, this is the first time that you've met Luke. Make sure you go on to YouTube and put his name in and you'll see incredible clips of Luke racing. How else can they get in contact with you? Um, yes, exactly. They can. Uh, they can <laughs> there could be a sponsor watching um, that's going to come along. What's the best way to, 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 to follow you? I mean, um, Instagram would be the best the best way. I sort of put as much as I can up on that. I try and <clears throat> regularly update that or my Facebook page. So you've got Luke Reed Racing as the Facebook page or at Reed 26 I think is the Instagram. I should know that, but I'm pretty sure it's that. But yeah, if, if you'd be so kind to give me a follow, I'll keep uh, you updated with all my racing shenanigans. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you tonight and stay on the line at the moment um, as we finish up with the show. But we, as here, we are kind of very much amateurs um, on the car seven race driver show. And when my friend did his, his uh, Silverstone um, uh, racing license uh, many, many years back, he actually did, he was in two, there were two groups of drivers there. And in one group was Kevin Magnuson, a uh, very young Kevin Magnuson. Um, but, uh, so they did all their, all their kind of pre-racing stuff, you know, the, the qualifying and practice. And then there was a big briefing in the morning saying, right, you've got two races. And if you crash on either race, that's it. You won't be allowed. If you crash on the first one, you won't be allowed to do the second one. Um, so does anyone have any questions? Um, and this was the chief instru uh, instructor for Silverstone. Um, and at the end of it, he said, well, I tell you what, I, I've learned so much. I know I'm going to win the race at the first corner. And the, the, the instructor just put his hands to his head and said, oh, goodness. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's been our motto. Come here at the Car 7 Race Driver Show is to win the race at the first corner. Um, but uh, but no, we have lots of fun and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and thanks to everyone who's been watching and supporting Luke already who's been asking questions here tonight. And we're on normally every Thursday at 9 o'clock live for more uh, um, interviews. Next week we have JSR Devon, who is very big on YouTube with about nearly over, over 20,000 followers uh, and subscribers on YouTube and he does a very famous video called Idiots of the Week which he finds the worst drivers on GT Sport and makes a mockery of them. Um, so he's coming on next week, so that should be fun. But from everyone here on our side, and to Luke, we wish you all the best for a fantastic year of racing, and hopefully we'll catch up with you on the grid. We'll try and get to some of your events. We'll need to get the calendar um, and see where you are and see if we can come and see you race live. That would be fantastic. I'll see you at the track. That would be super. Excellent. So drive fast and try not to crash, everyone, and we'll see you very soon. Bye, just now.